Without Jesus, we have we wouldn't be here. Without Jesus, we have nowhere to. We wouldn't have the rock upon which we can stand. Our sins would not be washed away. We would not be new creations without Jesus. He is the living Word of God. We need to look to His Word and take His teachings and apply them into our lives and to let the Word transform us. But the Bible makes clear that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God works with and takes the word of God to empower it that it, it becomes a transforming power in our lives wherever you see God working through his word he's working through his word and and, and his holy spirit and God's love is, is, is what makes all of that possible without the love of God his work uh, his word and his holy spirit could be consuming upon us and we would be just dust and ashes but it's only because God's love that he sent his word. He said, I sent my word and healed your diseases. And he sent his Holy Spirit to be with us. And so we're looking at the Spirit of God. Last week we were going through the book of Isaiah. And we're, this week we're looking at the book of Ezekiel. But I want to end. I didn't, end with, I didn't cover the last one I wanted to in Isaiah. So let's turn to Isaiah. And I encourage you to bring your Bibles to church. Amen. This is the living Word of God. It lives, it breathes, uh, and it's, it, it, it is our life. This is our life right here, the Word of God. Not some nice novel on Barnes and Nobles. It's, it is the book from heaven, the book from the mouth of God, and it is our life. So I encourage you, bring your Bible to church with you. Isaiah chapter number 63, and I want to look at verses number uh, 1 and 2. Starting there, Isaiah chapter 63, verses 1 and 2. And there the Bible says, it says, Jesus was, Jesus quoted this in the Gospel of Luke, but here he's, he quoted that from, from here, from Isaiah. And so we see that the Word of God uh, is the same. Jesus never discounts anything that's, that's in the Old. The Old is, is, is it fulfilled in Christ. And so the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 63, It says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Huh? Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, what did I, 61, Isaiah 61. It says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, meaning Jesus. And it says, because there is a 61, Nancy, I'm sorry, 61, Isaiah 61, verse 1. And it says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, meaning Jesus, because there's a reason why the Spirit of God is is there. The Spirit of God is the third person of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He is a person. He is not uh, just uh, a phrase. He is an an individual, the Holy Spirit. And he comes upon the Lord Jesus. Why? There's a reason. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. What does that word say? Because. Because. What does because mean? There's a purpose. There's a reason. You know, when we... I have a wonderful golden retriever. Her name is Daisy. And when I call Daisy, she comes alongside of me. And she wags her tail, licks me. And, and she brings comfort. And she, she's, she's there. But she can, she can bring me joy. But she's really uh, just there to for comfort, kind of. Now, when Jesus says that the Holy Spirit 
Well, he, Jesus in, in the Gospel of John, you know, Jesus says that I'm going to the Father. And when I go, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to be with you. And he's going to be your, the word used is comforter, right? He's going to be your comforter, your advocate. He's going to be there for you. And so when he comes, it doesn't mean he's going to comfort you that makes you feel good. You know, when, when little Daisy comes and I rub her head and, and I, you feel good, or when your cat jumps in your lap and you're petting him, you feel good. But that's not the purpose of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't come to make you feel good. Although in Christ, we should feel good inside. But the purpose of the Holy Spirit of God goes beyond just comforting us to make us feel good. The word comfort that is used there, the why the purpose of the Holy Spirit comes, there's a reason. Because, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings. The anointing of the Lord coming through the Holy Spirit has a purpose. And that's to bring the good news of the gospel. Why did Jesus say in the end of the gospels, go into all the world and preach the gospel? We don't, some of us, we don't like that. I'm gotta go preach. Let the preacher go preach. Let the elders go preach. Let somebody else go preach, but not me. No, Jesus says for all of us are sent into the world around us to preach the gospel of good news. Now, when we're told that, oh, I mean, we, as a disciple, I gotta tell somebody about the gospel. Yes, yes. That is our commission. That is our challenge. That is our call. And so with that call and with that challenge, we have built-in fears and it makes us uncomfortable because, Lord, I'm not able, I can't do that, I'm not a speaker, I'm not this. And so we have fears and the Holy Spirit comes into our lives to bring comfort to those fears, to say, no, don't be afraid, I'm with you, I'll enable you, I'll give you the words to speak in the situations and circumstances that surround your life. So he brings comfort to comfort us from our fears and our worries, to to say, I'm inadequate, I'm not able, I'm not a speaker. You remember uh, Moses says, hey, how can I go to Pharaoh? I'm not a man of words, I don't have eloquence. And God brings comfort to us because we are bearers of the truth, of the gospel of Christ. We have the good news in us. You've got good news in you. If you've got Christ in you, you've got good news in you. And God never wants the good news to be just contained in us. He wants us to be rivers of living water. He wants us to be fountains where rivers of living water flow from us. And so we all have built in uh, checkpoints where I can't do that. I can't, I can't, I can't. And the Bible is full of that. Whenever God came to the men of, and, and his spirit came, they were all before that. They were, I can't, I can't, I'm not, I'm not. But the Spirit of God comes and gives them boldness, gives them courage, gives them the ability. So it is not in our strength. In our strength, any of us here, in our own strength, we're inadequate. We're incapable. We'll, we'll succumb at some point in time to the fears and the words. But when the Spirit of God is in us, we are able then, when God, when God brings that divine appointment to us, someone there and the opportunity comes, the Spirit of God rises up and that we are able, we are able to preach good tidings. We are anointed. We have the power. The anointing is the Holy Spirit and the call that we're anointed to preach. So we're able to share. That's why you're able to share your testimony with someone. You're able to share the love of God with someone because it is the power of the Holy Spirit in you that makes that come alive. 
He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. The Spirit of the Lord comes because God cares about people. And God reaches people through people. God doesn't reach people through inanimate objects. Do you ever walk by a tree and the tree start talking to you and telling you about the love of God? Did you ever go into a showroom and look at a beautiful car on the showroom floor and did that car start telling you about the love of God? Huh? Did your cat or dog or bird ever talk to you about the love of God? Huh? No. Who spoke to you about the love of God? Who approached you and says, you want to give your heart to Jesus? Who approached you and says, do you know that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died for you on Calvary? Who said that to you? Who approached you? Wasn't it an individual? Wasn't it a person? Someone in your in your circle of, of, of life? And so God uses people to reach people with the gospel. And we, God knows that we need his help, his ability, his anointing to do it. And so he gives us freely his Holy Spirit to empower us and enable us because God wants to reach that brokenhearted person that doesn't know if there's someone loves them or cares about them. So God raises up people, you and I. He raises us up, he cleanses us through Christ, and he fills us with his spirit and he anoints us to go to the brokenhearted. Not just Jesus, because we are in Christ. Christ is in us. If Christ is in you, he's going to the brokenhearted. And so we open our eyes to the world around us, to our circle of people, our sphere of, of influence in this world, our family, our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, our co-students, whatever. God opens our eyes to the world around us. And if you look at the world around you, you will find brokenhearted people. You will find people that need good news because they're inundated with bad news. Bad news brings depression and and worry and fears. But God's good news lifts those things from us and he gives us a future and a hope. And so the Spirit of God, this is what Jesus is saying, is the Spirit of God came upon me because God cares about everyone in the world around us. And he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. People in the world around you are bound by different things. It could be alcohol, it could be drugs, it could be TV, it could be it could be uh, their, their work, it could be any number of things that they're bound and captive by. Sin holds people captive. And so God raises up you and I, puts a spirit within us, so that we can see those who are captive by whatever and bring the word of God. The Bible says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And how shall they go unless they're sent? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring Good tidings of good news. Glad tidings of good news. Amen. How do we do that unless we have the Holy Spirit in us that gives us the boldness and the courage and the ability and opens our mouth and lets us know what to say? I remember times when, when I was, I was a, a driving instructor for many years and when I first got saved and I got people in the car and I said, praise the Lord. Here's somebody I can share the gospel. 
And so I always, but I always said, Lord, you got to open my mouth. You got to show me what to say, how to, how to start the conversation, how to engage in this. And many people I was able to share the gospel with, and many gave their hearts to the Lord. I prayed and many were healed. So God, it is only through the Holy Spirit of God that we are able to bring forth the word through the anointing and power that sets people free. Without the Spirit of God in us, I don't know how often we would do that. And so it is the Spirit of God because God wants to heal the brokenhearted. He wants the good news to get out. He wants to to set the captives free and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. See, God wants, He cares about people. And God raises up people to go to people to set them free. There's a purpose of the Holy Spirit working in your life. It's not just about you to make you feel good, to make you... Uh, but He does all that. The Spirit of God brings peace into our, into our lives. He brings joy into our lives. But it's not just about us. God says there's a whole world of people around you. Hello, how many of you know there's more than just we're not the only ones living on the face of this earth? When you walk in, when you go into life, there's a, there's a multitude of people around us, right? And so God says, oh, just open your eyes, look at the world around you, and allow the Holy Spirit and the anointing of God to use you and work through you to reach the world around you. You don't have to be a theologian. All you need to do is to say, Christ is in me. He's my Savior and my Lord. He set me free. What is your testimony? Your testimony is the power of God at work for people around you and to share the word of God with them, to them that are brown. And, he, and so Jesus, in, in, in those verses here, in verse 2, it says to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The time isn't tomorrow. The time is now. The Bible says, harden not your hearts. You know, this today is a day of salvation. Now faith is. And so the Spirit of God came upon Jesus, and Jesus made clear why the power of God came upon him. He was the Word of God. He is the Word of God. He is the living Word. But the Spirit of God came upon him. When Jesus came out of the waters, when John the Baptist baptized him, what happened? The heavens opened. And the spirit and the dove, the spirit in the form of a dove landed, came upon him, right? And he went forth in the power of the spirit of God. When he was in the wilderness, he went, he was there in the power and anointing of the spirit of God. The spirit of God can never be separated from the word of God. The word of God and the Holy Spirit bring forth the love and the power of God that changes and transforms lives. That's why, as we've been looking through the Old Testament, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Word of the Spirit of God, when God wanted to do something, when God wanted to touch lives, when God wanted to change lives, when God wanted to save lives, He poured out His Spirit upon someone and He opened their mouth and sent them so that those people may be saved, may turn and receive the Lord. Jesus, that's what He said. When he, when he rose up, when he got up and he opened the, 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 the scroll in Isaiah in the synagogue and he read, this is why God sent me. There's purpose. The Holy Spirit comes with purpose. With a mission. God loves you. 
And God wants to relieve your fears. Don't worry. This isn't a this this isn't all about you. It's about the Spirit of God, the Word of God, God alive in you, God at work in you. And so it's about the Lord. And so we have to understand. Don't be fearful about the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is wonderful. He's your strength. He's your enabler. He's your teacher. He's your guide. He's everything. Praise the Lord. Now go with me to the book of Ezekiel, chapter number 2. The book of Ezekiel, chapter number 2. Ezekiel, uh, the name means strengthened by God, or God's strength. The Bible also says, not by might and not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. When you do a study on the spirit of God, throughout the word of God, it opens up your whole understanding to the purpose and the work of the Holy Spirit and how indispensable he is. We can't live without the Holy Spirit active in our lives. We cannot. I mean, we could, but we're, we're not being the best, the most we can be. We're not, we're not surrendering fully to the Lord God until we say, Lord, pour your Holy Spirit in me afresh and anew. Activate, Lord, the Holy Spirit, I give you free reign in my life. Here am I, Lord. And he, he said to me, in the, stay here, Nancy, but in Ezekiel chapter 1, here, that's where Ezekiel saw the Lord. And he, the Bible says that God opened up his eyes and he saw the, the living creatures are surrounded. And he saw upon the throne one high and lifted up. He saw, <coughs> he saw the Lord and he says he fell on his face and he began to worship and praise the Lord knowing that, that, that God has opened his eyes. And it is the spirit of the Lord that opens us up to really see God for who he truly is. And that causes us to praise God and to worship God. The purpose of the Spirit of God, and one of the purposes is, is to show, to, <clears throat> to allow us to see in the Spirit who God really is. I'm not saying God is, the Spirit of God is going to give you a vision, but you'll know in your spirit that God is holy and reverent and, and true, and that He is to be reverenced. John fell down, Daniel fell down, Ezekiel fell down, worshiped the Lord once their eyes and they got a glimpse, glimpse, a glimpse, a glimpse of who God is in his glory. They fell down and worshiped him. And while he was bowed down and worshiping the Lord because he saw who he is, it says, and he said to me, the Lord said to me, son of man, stand upon thy feet. And I will speak unto thee. We cannot stand in the presence of the Lord unless the Spirit of God is at work in us and lifts us up. So it is the Spirit of God that gives us that understanding that He is our God, our Father, at work in our life. And so He says, God says to him, Ezekiel, He, he saw, He saw this wonderful I mean, he could hardly put it into words at what he saw. But God says to him, now stand up. Doesn't the book of Hebrews tell us to come boldly before the throne of God to find help in time of need? How can we do that other than through the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit of God? 
Without Jesus, none of this would be possible. Without his cleansing blood, without Calvary's cross, without his death, burial, and resurrection, none of this would happen. Jesus made the way for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to therefore, through the Spirit of God, in the name of Jesus, to come boldly before the throne of God. And here the voice says to Ezekiel, stand up on your feet. When we bow down, as we did this morning, to praise and worship God, there should be something stirring in us to want to know the Word of God. And we should be wanting that worship of God should cause us by the Spirit of God to stand up and say, Lord, speak unto me. What is it that you... Lord, here's my life. Here am I, Lord God. Speak to me. Mold me. Fashion me. Make me what you want me to be. And here is a stand on your feet and I will speak my words to you. Incline your ear. How many of you are hungry and thirsty to hear from the Lord? We all are, aren't we? God is so desirous to speak into our lives. And he says, and I, he says, he's, and go back, Nancy, verse 1. And two, uh, verse 1. And I stand on your feet and I will speak unto you. God wants to speak into your life. God wants you to hear a word from him for you. God wasn't, doesn't want you to hear a word so much for me. People run around saying, oh, did God give you a word for me? Did God get... Now, God can do that. But how many of us have been grown up in the Lord or in church saying that go to a man of God that he'll have a word for you? We need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, what is your word for me, for my life? Someone else may confirm that, but we've got to learn to go to the Lord in praise and worship and to have an ear to say, Lord, speak to me, speak into my life. Let me know, Lord, what it is you want for my life, for me. The Lord wants to speak to you. He wants you to hear his voice. When you get in praise and worship and in prayer and let God and have an ear to hear from the Lord, God will speak to you. And maybe not in a thunderous voice, maybe in a whisper, but God will speak to you. And he says, and the Spirit entered into me when he spoke unto me. When you're listening for the Word of God, when you really want the Word of God to come into your life, when you're saying, Jesus, you are the living Word of God, I want your Word in my life. When you're hungry and thirsty for the living Word of God, the Holy Spirit comes in. The Spirit entered into me when He spoke unto me. The Word of God and the Spirit of God, you can't separate them. You cannot separate them. Not according to God's Word. When the Word of God comes in, the Spirit of God comes in with Him. The two of them. Jesus and the Holy Spirit are there. In the, in the holy place, there was the lampstand, there was the bread, the showbread, there was the altar of incense. There was the Word, the Holy Spirit, and, and there was the place where, where, the, where the room for the individual. To eat the manna, to be illuminated by the Holy Spirit... And to be in that place before before the Holy One, before God the Father. Amen? And so, and he said unto me, Son of man, I send thee to the children of Israel. 
Do you think he wanted to go? Because Israel was, the Bible says here that Israel was rebellious people. They were rebellious people. They were rebelling and rebelling and rebelling. God, God, that was, that was more hurtful to God than a heathen who'd never believed. Because these were people who at one time believed and served God, but made a choice not to serve God anymore and walked away. It hurts God's heart more than someone who, who has not knew, has not, never known Him to that point. God wants everyone to know Him. But when someone knows the Lord, knows the provision of God, knows the love of God, knows the mercy and goodness of God, and then rebels against God and wants to walk away from God, that hurts God's heart. That grieves the Holy Spirit of God. And so why do we come together to encourage one another to stay in the love of God, serve God? He's faithful. He's true. He loves you. He's your father. He's your provider. And so Ezekiel didn't have a thrill in his spirit to go tell these people what God wanted to tell them. He knew what God was going to say to them. Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh, did he? He wound up where? He wound up three days in the belly of a whale and a fish spit him out and then and says, go tell these people, right? And then, and then Jonah didn't even want to tell them then, did he? But God cared about them, didn't he? Jonah didn't want to do it. But it was, it was God's spirit that made him do it, really. Ezekiel didn't want to go. It says, I send thee to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me, they have their fathers and have transgressed against me even until this, even until this day. Ezekiel chapter 3, verses 12 to 15. See, and here it says, and whether they will hear or whether they will not hear, that's not for you, Ezekiel. Your mission is to go speak the word of God. And see, it's the Holy Spirit that comes upon us that brings us the comfort to know that not everyone is going to receive what you have to say to them. No. Did everyone receive what Jesus? And God says to Ezekiel, I'm putting my spirit into you to give you the boldness and the courage to do what I'm calling you to do. Don't be afraid of their faces, he says. Don't be afraid of their, their, their darts and their arrows and their thorns and their, and their bristles and all this other stuff. He said, don't be afraid of that. Just know that I'm with you, that my spirit will, will give you the utterance. And in Ezekiel chapter 3, verses 12 to 15, it says, Then the spirit lifted me up, And I heard behind me a great thunderous voice. Blessed is the glory of the Lord from his place. And it says he heard the noise of wings and living creatures. And could you imagine that scenario? That's awesome and incredible. And it says, so the spirit lifted me up and took me away. The spirit of God is able to translate you from one spot to another. Beam me up, Scotty. You ever, you ever, you ever see Star Trek? Well, where did they get all this stuff from? The Spirit of God is able to take someone and translate them and put them from one place, and the next thing you know, here they are in another place. So the Spirit lifted me up and took me away. 
And the word there is the same as catching away, to suddenly, to suddenly move away. And he says, and I went in bitterness and in the heat of my spirit. He didn't want to do this. He didn't want to go, but, but he, he was willing, but he didn't really want to do it. How many of you want to go out and witness to somebody that's a, that's a rebelling against God, that's an atheist, that, does, that is mouthing off against? How many of you are looking for joy to go talk with them about the gospel? If you are, hey, praise God, we'll put you on the evangelism team right now. But praise the Lord. But God says, there's a rebellious people. There's a people that are rebelling against me. They're mouthing off against me. I want you to go bring them the gospel. Humming, 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 humming. But it's by the power of the Spirit of God that God will enable you to do it. Why? Because God loves them. God cares about them. God does not want to see them perish. Somebody, someone must go and bring the gospel to them. And whether they, as it says in Ezekiel, whether they hear you or whether they don't, don't worry about it. Just go speak to them. And he says, if you don't speak to them, Ezekiel, their blood is going to be on you. But if you speak to them, like I said, and they reject you, then their blood is on them. They're, you're, not, you're not there. And so that's why we got to pray, Lord, give me opportunity to share your gospel with someone. Whether they hear it or whether they don't, whether they receive it or whether they don't, I just want to know that I was able to have an opportunity to share your gospel with them. And so the Spirit took him away and gave him the strength and the boldness and the courage he needed, although he didn't want it. He didn't pack his bags and say, woohoo, I'm looking forward to this, Lord. Ah, bless me, Lord God. I, I just know that I'm on a mission to these rebellious people. Woohoo. He wasn't doing that. He was saying, oh, Lord, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go. But God enabled him, enabled him to go. And I want to just tell you about the, that, that verse there that says, He lifted me up and he took me away. In the book of Acts, chapter 8, verse 39, we all know the story of Philip. And when Philip was witnessing to the Ethiopian eunuch, it says in verse 39, And now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. Philip was gone after that, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and the eunuch went on his way rejoicing, and it goes on to say that that he was found later somewhere else. So Philip was there with the, with the eunuch baptizing him, and the next thing you know, Philip was in this place uh, Azores, uh, and he, and here he is. He found himself somewhere like, huh? What? Whoa! The spirit of God just caught him up and moved him away. God, the Spirit of God is able to do more than we can ask or imagine. But the Spirit of God, why did he bring Philip into that where the eunuch was? Because God cared about that eunuch, wanted him to be saved. And then God's Spirit of God took Philip and brought him somewhere else where he began to minister the gospel because God was concerned about him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 2 to 4. And it says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows, such a one was caught up to the third heaven. Now, there's no way Paul could have took a plane to the third heaven. Paul didn't go into a rocket ship and and land in the third heaven. How did Paul get from planet Earth to the third heaven? How did he do that? How was that possible? But he says, whether in the body or out, I don't know, but God knows. But he was caught up into the third heaven. 
How did he get there? The Holy Spirit of God transported him from planet earth to the third heaven where he had an experience. The Spirit of God is able to do that for a purpose and a reason. And it says how he was caught up in verse 4 into paradise. And it just says in 1 Thessalonians 4.17, the same words, the same Greek word is there. And it says, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. How is that going to be possible? The same way it happened to Paul. The same way it happened to Philip. The same way it happened to Ezekiel. The same way it happens to, to John. That we were able, the Spirit of God is able to catch us up and move us from one spot to another instantaneously without us even being aware of what happened. Huh? What happened? Where did I, where did... And so the Spirit of God is at work. He's the power of God and He cares about people. Ezekiel chapter 3, verses number 22 to 24. Here the Spirit of God says to, says to Ezekiel, And the hand of the Lord was upon me, was, was there upon me, and he said unto me, Arise and go forth into the plain, and will, and I will there talk with thee. Then I arose and went forth into the plain, and behold, the glory of the Lord stood there as the glory which I saw by the river Chebar. I fell on my face. Then the Spirit entered into me and set me upon my feet and spake with me. And said unto me, Go, shut thyself within thy house. God had a mission for him, for Ezekiel. But he said, Ezekiel, the time is not right yet. I want you to go to your house and shut your doors and stay there until I tell you it's time to go talk to somebody. And that's why we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in our lives, leading us and guiding us. When the Lord, the Holy Spirit in us will tell us when it's time for him to speak and when it's not the bible says look for every opportunity but we need to have the holy we need to have a relationship with the father the son and the holy spirit enough to know when the holy spirit is prompting us to say something to do something and so here he told ezekiel i've anointed you i've I'm, i've got a mission for you to speak to these people but when i when i say it's right when i say it's time Then open your mouth and speak. And so he told him to go and he told him to be wait. And so that's why we need to be led by the Spirit of God, be sensitive to the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. I know. How many of you have ever been somewhere and all of a sudden something in you started to say, talk to that person, say something, do something? I'm sure that if you're a Christian at some point in your life, there was some kind of stirring in you that whether it was in church or on the street or on your job, and and the Holy Ghost just said to you, open your mouth, say something, go to that person, give (coughs) give them an ear, say something, many times. And so then in in, in Ezekiel chapter 11, in verse 5, then the Spirit of the Lord fell upon him and said to him, speak, thus saith the Lord. And in verse 5, in verse 16, in verse 17, it says, Speak to them and say, thus says the Lord. And I want you to understand something. These were rebellious people that he was speaking to. And what did God want Ezekiel to say to them? He wanted to say to them, you need to repent. You need to turn back to God. And so that you may come back into the love and the blessings and the provisions of God. 
How many times have you heard me say here, repentance is a doorway to blessing. Repentance is a doorway to blessing. And so in verse number, in, verse, in Ezekiel 11, verse number uh, 16, Therefore say, thus says the Lord, although I have cast them far off among the Gentiles, and although I have scattered them among the countries, yet I shall be a little sanctuary for them in the countries where they have gone. God never forsakes you. He never leaves you. He's always there knocking on your spiritual door to say, turn back to me. Come back to me. Maybe you've strayed. Maybe you've wandered. Maybe you've grown a little cold, but come back to me. Get fired up again. Come on back. Come into my place. And in verse 17, therefore say, thus says the Lord, I will gather you from the peoples, assemble you from the countries where you have been scattered, and I will give you. See, God wants them to come back so he could bless them. Repentance is a doorway to blessing and provision of God. God doesn't give up on us. We give up on God. And God doesn't want us to give up on him. That's why God sends brothers and sisters to us. God gives us a place of fellowship so that we can stay in that place where we know that God will never leave us nor forsake us, that he's growing. He's got a purpose and a plan, a future and a hope for us. And in Ezekiel chapter 11, verses number 19 and 20, God is calling them back, calling them back, calling them back. Repent, repent. He says, turn. And he says, and I will give them, if they come back to me, if you return to me, if you come to Jesus, if you come to Father God through Jesus, God says, I will give them a a one heart and I will put a new spirit within you and I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and will give them a heart of flesh. Why is God going to give you a new heart? Why is God going to put his spirit within you? That you may walk in my statues, my teachings, and keep my teachings and do them. And they shall be my people and I will be their God. God wants to be your shepherd. He wants you to walk with him. He wants to teach you. He wants to guide you. He wants to lead you. He gives you his word. He gives you his Holy Spirit. He gives you a new heart. He gives you a new spirit. Why? Because you're just so wonderful. Because he loves you. You're his creation. You're his son and daughter. He wants you to get on fire for him. He wants you to be a vessel through whom he can reach the world around you. He wants to transform your life. He wants to fill you with his love and mercy for a purpose, for a reason, to touch and change the world around you. You can't change the whole world, but in your circle of life, you're able to have an ear to the brokenhearted, to bring good news to those, to the captives, to give them a, a way out of their prisons through the gospel. And then he says again in Ezekiel chapter 36, he says in chapter 36, again, he repeats what he just said. In chapter 36, in verse number 26, I will give you a new heart. Chapter Ezekiel 36, verses 26. And 27 and 28. I will give you again a new heart, a new spirit. I will take all that away. I will put my spirit within you and cause you. And verse, go up, Nancy, verse 27 and 28. I will put my spirit and cause you to walk in my ways. And then in verse chapter 37, 
he talks about, you see, God wants his people to come to him. He wants you and I to come to him. He's put a new spirit in us, a new heart, and he wants us to walk in his ways, to trust him, to follow him, to be bold and courageous. How do we do that? By the spirit of God that is in us. He enables us to live for him in this world, in this wicked and perverse generation. God's Holy Spirit in us, with his word, helps us to stand and live for Christ and to walk in his ways. He gives us that ability. He gives us the boldness and the courage to speak for him, to be a spokesman for him. And in Ezekiel 37, verses number 1, and here we all know this, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord. Transported him. And set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. We all know that. The valley of bones. Amen. And sometimes we feel like we're just bones. What's our purpose? What's our, what's our, what's our meaning in life? What's, what, what value am I? I just feel like a bag of bones. And what my purpose? What is my purpose? But it says that the Spirit of God brought him out to say, "Can and, as he, and he says, Son of man, can these bones live? And he, said, I, and he said, Lord, only you know. And he said, yes, they can live. God wants you to live. And he wants you to live. And if, and if you go down to verses number, go down some more, uh, Nancy, scroll down. Uh, hold, it, hold, it, hold it there. Verse, verse, uh, verse 6, go up to verse 6. Set of five. I'm sorry, go up to five. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. God wants to breathe into your, into your very being life. He wants you to live. God does not want you to die. He wants you to live and have a life full abundantly in the Spirit of God and in the provision of God. And in verse number seven, and it says, and he says, I'll put new flesh, new sinews and stuff. In verse number seven, he goes on to say, so I prophesied and God told him to prophesy over them. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and behold, a shaking and the bones came together, bone to bone. And when I beheld, <clears throat> lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto the unto me prophesy unto the wind prophesy son of man and say to the wind thus says the lord god come from the four winds O breath and breathe upon these slain that they may live so i prophesied as he commanded me and the breath came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet an exceeding great army then he said unto me son of man these bones are the whole house of israel behold they say our bones are dried and our hope is lost we are cut off Therefore I prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves and brought you out of your graves and shall put my spirit in you. How many of you know that before you came to Christ you were dead? You were dead in your trespasses and sins, the Bible says. But when you came to Christ, you got a new life in Christ. He breathed a new spirit into you. Amen. And so just, he took us out of our graves. We were dead in our sins. We, we might as well have been in a grave. 
Because the Bible says you were dead in your trespasses. You were dead in your sins. And when Christ, when you called upon the name of Christ, it was like God opened your grave and says, come on out and live, dry bones. Come on out and live. And I'll give you a new heart and I'll give you a new spirit. And I'll make you a new creation. And why does the Bible say we're new creations in Christ? Just like he did in Ezekiel, prophesying over those bones. We were just bones in a casket of, of death. We were rotted by sin. We were dead. Just like Lazarus was in the grave and God, the Lord said, Lazarus, come forth. And he was a new person when he came out. And they said, oh, Lord, surely he stinketh. And they said, no, take, uh, unravel the stuff from him because he's living. When you're a new creation in Christ, you don't stink. You're a sweet savor to the Lord God. And these bones, it says, God says, and I shall put spirit in you, and you shall live, and I shall place you in your own land, and there you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and performed it, said the Lord. And so, you see, God wants you to live. He's taking you from death to life, out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so the Spirit of God wants to speak life into you, wants you to live a life full of the fullness of God. He wants to lead you and guide you. You're not, a, you're not dead bones. You're a new creation in Christ. You're alive by the Spirit of God. <clears throat> so you see in Ezekiel here, we're going to end right here this morning. You see through Ezekiel how God works through the Spirit of God to give men boldness and courage to proclaim the gospel, to come into someone's life and breathe life and make new creations out of them. You have family members, you have co-workers, you have children that don't know the Lord, that are dead in sin and trespasses, that have rebelled against God even. Don't give up on them. Say, Holy Spirit of God, speak into me. I prophesy. You need to prophesy over your family. You need to prophesy over your sons and daughters. You need to prophesy over your co-workers that they will live and not die, that the breath of God will come into them, that the word of God will open their eyes so that they can become new creations in Christ. Amen. Don't give up on anyone. God never does. Amen. And ask the Holy Spirit for the the right time for the words for the boldness for the courage for the opportunity to share the gospel of christ that the captives may be set free that the brokenhearted may be healed amen that the good news may come there's purpose to the working of the holy spirit in your life to make you alive and to make that life come out into the world around you amen praise the lord stand with me this morning I just want you to take a minute to just ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Father God, and you don't have to say it in these words, but I just want you to take a minute, just one minute, and just say, Father, in in your own words, ask Father God to breathe His Holy Spirit anew, that He's in you, the Holy Spirit is in you, but just ask 
Father God, to quicken you, make you more sensitive to the working and the leading and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I want you to just say, Holy, you know, in your own words, Holy Spirit, come alive in my life. Let these bones live like they never lived before. Let this, this new creation that I am in Christ come alive like never before. I want you to ask God, I ask the Holy Spirit, ask the Jesus who, who made it possible. Ask the Holy Spirit to come alive in you like never before. I'm not saying he's not alive in you. Ask him to come alive in you like he's never been before. And say, I surrender to you. I want to be sensitive to your leading and guidance. Take a minute, will you, as individuals, and just talk to the Lord. Talk to the Holy Spirit before we close in prayer. Just take one minute, and I want you to do that this, this day. Father, I pray that, that, Lord, you stir your word and your love and your Holy Spirit in each and every one of us, Lord. Let there be a holy stirring in us like never before. Holy Spirit, oh, Lord God, let us know your life in us, your presence in us like never before. Stir us, Holy Spirit, to the purpose and the cause of Christ. Lord God, uh, we just need your empowerment. We need your boldness. We need your courage. We need your leading. We need your guidance. We need your strength. We need you evermore in our life. Come alive like never before, Holy Spirit. Breathe on us anew and afresh. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Praise the Lord. Brother Joe, will you come and close in a word of prayer and dismiss us, please?